the children of Israel had clamored for the very first king. They, up until this point, had been led by prophets. In fact, the most prolific prophet in the Old Testament was a man by the name of Samuel. And one scripture says that every word that ever came out of Samuel's mouth, none of them ever fell to the ground, which is to say, when Samuel said it, God backed it up. It had a whole lot to do with Samuel spending enough time with, with God to hear his voice and just repeat what he heard God say. But they had clamored for a king, and finally the Lord said, I'm going to give them a king. And so, so uh, Saul is sent out from his father to go find some donkeys. <laughs> I'd like to say this for those of you that just want a little extra to chew on. Saul uh, was a tender, uh, was one that tended to donkeys, but the king after God's own heart was going to tend to sheep. But anyways, uh, but anyways, he's going to look for his father's donkeys because they're lost. And on the way, he meets up with Samuel. And Samuel says, you're going to eat with me tonight. And he says, okay. As long because he heard that Samuel was a seer and he could tell him where he could find his father's donkeys. And he could go back home, give his father's his donkeys. They're all good. I wouldn't tell you what donkey means in the King James or what it says, but I'll just let you look that up uh, for, the, for you Bible scholars. And um, he, so they, he says, I've got 50 shekels of silver. He said, that'll be enough. We can pay it to the prophet because he said, we don't have any bread left. What are we going to give him? Because it was customary that if you went before a king or a prophet that you would have a gift. Anyways, long and short of it is, when, Saul, uh, when Samuel saw Saul, the Lord said, this is the one that I've chosen. You're going to anoint him prince over my people. And so that's exactly what Samuel did. So now Samuel gathers all the people from Israel together because he's going to announce the king that you've been clamoring about. Here he is. This is in, uh, this is in 1 Samuel chapter 10. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to go ahead and jump over to, yeah, we'll go to 10 now. Saul's uncle said to him, let me, yeah, let's go to 17. Therefore Samuel called the people together to the Lord at Mizpah, and he said to the sons of Israel, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, I brought you, Israel, up from Egypt, that we just talked about, and I delivered you from the hand of the Egyptians. Remember, we talked about Egyptian bondage. And all the power of all the kingdoms that were oppressing you, I've delivered you. But you today rejected your God, who delivers you from all your calamities and your distresses. And yet you have said, no, but set a king over us. Now, therefore, present yourselves before the Lord by your tribes and by your clans. Thus Samuel brought all the tribes of Israel near, and the tribe of Benjamin was taken by Lot. By the way, the tribe of Benjamin was the smallest some translation says the least of all, but it was the fiercest of all of the tribes. You ever have five or six, if you ever make the mistake of having six kids, like I did, not a mistake, or ten kids, you can almost guarantee that the youngest boy is going to be fierce because he has to be just to keep up with his brothers. Jason, you can put your hand down. I was talking about David. No. He has to be. Jason plays basketball as a 10-year-old with Jacob, who was 17, and already went through, going through puberty and testosterone all over the place, you know. And Jason's like, he's got to compete. So by the time he gets 17, he's already got it figured out. That's the way the tribe of Benjamin was. They were the smallest, but they were the most fierce. So from this tribe, God's going to choose a king. And, and he brought the tribes of Benjamin by their families. And, and the Matrite family was taken. And Saul, the son of Kish, was taken. But when they looked for him, they couldn't find him. Therefore they inquired further of the Lord. Samuel said, where is this man? Is he, come, is he even here? And the Lord said, behold, 
He's hiding himself among the baggage. Now, I know I'm taking some liberties with the, with the text, but I think it's okay to take a little bit of liberty. He's hiding himself. God had anointed him and appointed him to be king. He had had a prophetic voice, just like you had about six, seven, eight, ten minutes ago. Get up in front of him and say, you're going to be king. God is going to make you ruler. You're going to be the head and not the tail. You're going to be above and not beneath. The head and not the tail means that you're not a follower just going where the body leads, but you direct. You have direction and insight. It doesn't just mean the top or the bottom. A head makes decisions. A tail has decisions made for him. God had already anointed him king, had already appointed him king. Samuel had already given him a prophetic word. And yet Saul, when it's time for him to take his rightful place on the throne, when it's time for him to be able to rule, when it's time for him to, to be among the people, the Bible called him head and shoulders above everybody else, when it's time for him to really walk into what God had given him, He's found hiding among the baggage. I wonder how many of us, because of life and because of things that we go through in life, the Father on services like today by His Spirit comes in and says, you can be healed. You can be reconciled. You can have every dream that you've ever had. Have life breathe into it again, and yet we hide ourselves among our baggage. Maybe because we don't feel worthy. Maybe because instead of Looking into the Word of God, which is Jesus, the Logos. The Bible is the written Word of the actual Word, the manifest Word of God, which is Jesus. Instead of looking to His eyes and taking our identity from what He says we are, we, we look at ourselves and we look at our baggage and say, there's no way, there's no way that I can be what this prophet is saying I can be. Some of you here this morning are looking at me and hearing my voice and you feel motivated and your heart is palpitating and you know there's something about this, I know, but... He couldn't be talking to me. He's talking to the ones that always go to the front. In fact, this is the first time I've been here, and my heart's about to pound out of my chest, but I've got too much baggage. Lord, where is he? Where's the one that you've appointed to be king? Where is the body of Christ that you have called to be kings and priests? The Bible says that we are a royal priesthood. Did you know that? A holy nation of peculiar people. If you don't think we're peculiar, just fat or rewind the service about seven minutes ago and look around like, what is this? That's what we're called to be, and yet we live so far beneath what God has called us to. Why? Many times because we hide ourselves among our baggage. And many of us have received prophetic words. In fact, there are some of us in here that have not only received but have given prophetic words and have watched them come to pass and have moved in the Spirit and have seen the power of God, and yet life happens. And when life happens, we begin to take on an identity possibly that's not our true identity because your identity is only sons and daughters of God Himself. You have inside of you His DNA. And yet, because life happens, we walk in through seasons of brokenness or through seasons of despair. Then when we're called to step up into the next dimension of authority that God has given us, let me tell you something. The authority to overcome or every enemy you will ever face is already inside of you because of His Holy Spirit. It's not in that bottle of oil, and it's not in my hands. We do that because James 5 says, Is there any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church, and they'll anoint them with oil, and the, and the prayer of faith will save the sick. And if they've committed sins, it'll be forgiven. That's why we do that. And yet you don't need me to put my hands on you or say something to you. I'm nothing more than a coach and a motivator. 
Maybe this morning you could say it's a prophetic voice because it is. Calling you to walk in your next dimension. You literally can be a world changer in whatever sphere of influence that you have. And yet many of us, we don't change anything. Because of being hidden in our own baggage. Because you can, you can fool people. If you're real good, you know how to fool a lot of people. But there's one you ain't going to fool, and that's yourself. You might put on a good show, and you might put on a good smile. In fact, I preached a message about three years ago that said, unmasking me. And I wore masks in church, and, and uh, unmasking me. And it's from the Garden of Eden where, where God comes looking for Adam. He wants him to present himself. This was not unusual. He wasn't coming to, pr- to declare a judgment and to kill Adam. He just wanted to know, hey, son, we walk and talk every day. Where are you at? And finally, when, when, finally, when Adam heard the voice, he said, well, I heard your voice in the garden. And uh, I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And in 2020, I can tell you the vast majority of people that call themselves Christians do not walk in the fullness of their calling or authority. Why? Because of fear, because they see themselves as being without. Naked does not just mean be without clothes. Naked means I perceive that I'm not covered with what I need to be. I don't have the appropriate attire or I don't have the appropriate whatever because, and that makes me afraid, so I hide. I hide from God and I hide from opportunity. I hide from relationship with my family. I hide from new relationships with people. I've been there. I'm not talking from, from a textbook. I'm talking from experience. And the best teacher I've ever learned next to the Holy Spirit is experience. And so we pile on bags after if I had if, if I had bags full of pretend trash, I don't want to smell like that this morning, I would pile them on me this morning and say, walking in and where's the sons and daughters of God? Where's the where are the worshipers that should arise? Where's the priesthood? And the Lord would speak back and say, They've hidden themselves among their baggage. So they ran and took Saul from there. And when he stood among the people, when he finally stood up, when they finally got him, when the preacher finally convinced them, you are what God says you are, you can have what God says you can have, and you can do what God, you can take all the shots you want at Joel Osteen. And maybe some things he says is good and bad, but one thing he says is right, you are what God says you are, what the Word says you are. You can do what the Word says you can do, and you can have what the Word says you can have. It's time for us to stop throwing the baby out with the bathwater. That's good. Well, that's a motivational speech. Well, maybe you need to be motivated. The Holy Spirit is the greatest motivator that I know. But it's not just the Spirit. It's the Spirit and the bride that say, come. When they finally got Saul to come up there, he stood head and shoulders above everyone else. And Samuel said to the people, do you see him who the Lord has chosen? The Lord wanted to put him on display. And God today wants to put you on display in front of all all the people and all of your influence. Surely there was no man like him in all the people. The, the previous chapter says he was a very good-looking guy. And I looked down and said, I thought he was talking about Saul. Is he talking about Josh? Thank you, Camby. Was that a mercy laugh? Thank you. I did. I actually searched it. I said, this says Saul. I was looking for the name Christian, Jeremy, Matthew. Saul had been chosen by God to be king, anointed by Samuel to be king. 
And yet he finds himself hidden in the baggage. But as sure as Samuel called Saul, there's a prophetic voice. Listen to me. I'm closing. I'm, finished. I'm, I'm, I'm calming down some. As sure as Samuel called Saul, there is a prophetic voice here today. Okay, Lord, let's, if, you, if you can, if you would, I want, I want you to stand to receive this prophetic word. You've walked in here with a whole lot of baggage. Well, that's okay. God don't want you to run. God don't want you to run away because of baggage. In fact, he's going to have you stand up head and shoulders above all of your brethren. As sure as Samuel called Saul, there is a prophetic voice here today calling you to come out from your baggage, to stop letting your baggage keep you from the fullness of your destiny. Come into your destiny as sons and daughters of God. It's time for the Lazaruses to come forth. It's time for you to leave the baggage and stop and stop carrying that baggage because you can only see what's waiting on the other side of the baggage. No devil in hell would be able to stop you if you could see what would happen to you if you would stop letting your baggage keep you from your destiny. If you knew the purpose of God, the baggage wouldn't hold you back. In fact, our Heavenly Father, the author of your life, had your baggage written into your story before you got there. And he plans to use it to propel you into your destiny. In fact, I'll pause on that for a minute and say, wherever you face the biggest challenge of your life is probably, it's most likely where you will have the greatest impact for the kingdom in your life. If you have a marriage struggle, then probably when you come through that, you will have absolute authority to help other broken marriages. If you have an addiction problem, when Tammy came up this morning, I said, is your neck hurt? And she said, no, I was healed from neck pain. So she has the, op- the, 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 the obligation, really, the kingdom obligation to give away what she received. And she doesn't lose it because love is not lost, it's multiplied. In fact, our Heavenly Father, the author of your life, had your baggage written into your story and plans to use it to propel you into your destiny. Your baggage may be a history of drug abuse, but God. Your baggage may be a history of a dysfunctional family, but God, come out from the baggage. Your baggage may be a history of emotional or physical or sexual abuse, but God, come out of the baggage. Your baggage may be an emotional disorder, but God, come out of the baggage. My God, your baggage may have you losing your mind. But God, come out of your baggage. No more hiding. No more baggage. It's a brand new day, and your future is waiting. It's not only waiting, it's calling. There's a table prepared before you. Well, all I see is my enemies. That's the best place to be because that's where God prepares a table for you. My enemy is addiction. Stop looking at the addiction and look for Father's table. My enemy is brokenness. Stop focusing on the brokenness and focus on the Father's table because He's already prepared it. It's already prepared. Right now, today, what's at the Father's table? Some of you sit down and you take a big old heaping help of bread that'll heal you. Some of you sit down and drink a a glass of the new wine of the new covenant of His Spirit that'll make you new inside and outside. Some of you need to take a, you you pick whatever it is that you need to take, but it's there at Father's table. Some of you need a whole big old slice of peace this morning. Some of you need a slice, cut that slice of of peace and, and consume it this morning. Some of you need a slice of joy. In fact, there's a whole lot of you. One of my favorite movies is, where's Nanny? Is, is what about Bob? And, and when Bob goes to his psychiatrist's house, they said, do you want some more? He said, oh, yes, pile it high and deep, please. Some of you need to pile some joy high and deep on your plate this morning. It's okay. It's at the Father's table. Good God Almighty. Some of you need to see yourself as you really are, as righteousness. So grab that spoon and dip it into a bowl of righteousness. Pile it high and deep because he's already supplied it. 
Some of you need to feel loved. The Father's table is adorned with love. There's love here and love there. Grab you a big old heaping help of love and feel it. You would literally feel it inside. It'll go inside of you. And it'll change you from the inside out. But my baggage, forget about your baggage. God wrote your baggage into your story. Because he doesn't just see the end from the beginning. He declares the end from the beginning. Which is to say, everything you walk through, you're walking through it. Josh, I need you to pray for me, brother. That's what you did say. What you didn't say was, man, there's some baggage I need to work through. God already accounted for the baggage. He's bringing it into your future. And you're going to look back and say, my God, the whole time you planned on using what I went through because you are going through it. If he bring you to it, he'll take you through it. And you're bringing me through it so that when I look back over my shoulder, he'll say, you see the enemy that you see before you now? You're not going to ever see it again. So when you meet somebody else that's got an enemy, you say, let me tell you what God did for me. You get no test without a testimony. You get, no, you get no power without some process and pain. But go through the process. Go through the test and let God give you a testimony. Your baggage should not keep you from what God has for you. Stop hiding among your baggage. This is a new day. Say with me, this is a new day. This is a new day. When you got up this morning, it was some glad morning. Some glad morning with the, when, the, when this life of defeat was over. I'll walk in the fullness of my destiny. Doesn't sound as good, but it makes a whole lot more sense. To a land where we rule and reign supreme. I'll walk in my destiny. I'm called a king. Oh, glory, I'm called a king. Long before I die, hallelujah, right here and now, I'm called a king. I'll walk in health, oh glory, I'll walk in health. Long before I die, hallelujah, right here and now, I'll walk in health. I'll live in joy, oh glory, I'll live in joy. Long before I die, even right here and now, how do you like that? I'll walk in joy. We need to rewrite a whole lot of those lyrics that puts off everything that's good to some glad morning in the sweet by and by. I believe for that, and I hope you get there. I just want you to get there before you die. The kingdom of God is not just reserved for the afterlife. He didn't say, I come to give you an afterlife and an afterlife more abundantly. He said, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Stretch out your hands. Stretch out your rod. Stretch out your faith. Stretch out your praise. My God, let him do what he can do. No more baggage. No more fear. No more feelings of, of unworthiness. No more low self-esteem. In fact, there's a movie. I wish I could remember. I don't. I love this movie. Uh, Elizabeth and I have watched it many times. It's an old movie. It's probably a low-budget film. But uh, there was a woman in the movie, and she did not feel like she was pretty enough. This is a very... Uh, coarse way to put it because I don't remember the details but just listen to the point she did not and finally the man that she was in love with grabbed her by the face and said let me be your mirror stop looking in that mirror let me be your mirror I say you're beautiful 
I feel the Father want to reach down and grab some faces this morning and say, let me be your, Jesus Christ himself, grab your face and say, let me be your mirror. I say that you're beautiful. I say you're not broken, but I'll take your brokenness and make you whole. I say that you're not beneath, but you're above. You're not ugly. You're absolutely gorgeous. You're not a pauper. You're a prince. You're not a pauper. You're a princess. You're called to rule and reign in life. Long before I die, hallelujah, here and now, I'm going to have everything that God promised me. Here we could say, not long before I die, because Jesus did die, hallelujah, right here and now, I'm going to walk into the fullness of my inheritance. And the fullness of my inheritance is life and life more abundantly. Father, thank you for your spirit in this place this morning. Thank you for this celebratory service. Thank you that we celebrate life and we believe for life and we believe for resurrection. Father, I know people have come in here broken and people have come in here hurt. I, I'm not belittling that. I just compared to you, Paul said, Paul said compared to the glory that's about to be revealed, I, I, it's not even worthy to be compared. I can't even compare the sufferings of this present time with the glory that is going to be revealed. When's the glory revealed? Whenever I leave my baggage and walk into my, my destiny. For every man, woman, boy, and girl in this place, I pray that you feel the arms of the Father and the nail-printed hands of the Savior. Grab your face this morning and say, let me be your mirror. I'm not looking at baggage. I'm looking right deep into your eyes, into the, into the windows of your soul, and I'm telling you, you're beautiful. You're worthy to receive peace. You're worthy to receive righteousness. You're worthy to receive healing. Stop singing, I'm not worthy. He made you worthy. He counted you worthy. For God so loved the world. He's not in love with the worthless world. He's in love with the world that's worthy. It was worth. Donnie Pierce wrote a song years ago. You're worth Calvary and all the blood that he shed for me. That's what God thought you were worth. God was in Christ Jesus reconciling the world to himself. And I pray today, Father, when they walk out, when they leave this place, when they sit down to the to the meal, Father. They'll grab some natural food, but they'll grab some food for their for their mind and their spirit and say, I'm, I'm going to get a big old heaping help of peace, a heaping helping of prosperity, a heaping helping of reconciliation. And whenever they go, Father, that their bellies and their spirits would be full and their souls would be full in Jesus' name. And everybody in Truvine said,